off and running. Here we go. Just another sports podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith. Pleased to be Hello. rejoined by FNP sports writer Joe Ferraro. Joe, how are you? Glad to be back. And uh, the World Series is underway. And, Joe, we thought it would be great to have you on because you are as big a baseball aficionado as I believe we have on our staff. So That's why I'm glad to be back. Right. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll talk a lot of World Series with Joe. We'll get into some NFL topics. I mean, it's a standard fare. Uh, I think Josh has a bad look this week, not not necessarily a good look. So that's true. That's so true. He's coming over to the dark side with me, and and, and and has a bad look this week. And we'll throw some people under the boat, seen or to be seen, just just all the usual stuff. But, I think um, I'm pretty. I'm much more comfortable on the dark side. I think than use use the force. <laughs> so um, that's the that's the that's the good side, man. Right. They use, they well, use that's true. Uh, mixing up my movie. Uh, metaphors uh so to speak i was i did see the uh i did see the, the latest trailer for the, the last star wars how's it look come out uh it's intriguing it's uh I, I have some questions uh about the three uh i think they've released three trailers and they obviously try to confuse you as to what in the hell is actually going to happen so we i showed my son today the third one that was released and man they do some crazy crazy stuff with those movies now, now like the special effects are just out of this world now they do like spin-off star wars movies where they like focus on specific yeah. characters right but this is like a major this is, yeah. storyline continuation right movie. it's the yeah. final one of this in, this installment of three movies so and there will be more i'm I assuming presume. these i'm assuming these characters will will go away right um and they'll somehow continue it I have, I have no idea i'm not that big of a nerd with it i really just got into it because of my son um i used to, I, of course i saw all the movies when i was a kid and uh i was actually scared to death of darth vader from the time i was like you know seven years old until right. i was about 17 i think i was still scared yeah, of him. I, I, <laughs> I saw star wars when it came on network tv and really that, in that uh and that first scene where in the the New Hope or whatever the, the very first movie where he's like walking, they're like taking over the ship, and he's walking. Yeah. I was probably like five or six years old at the time. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, that was me too. So uh, he he always. I mean, I had to sleep with my light on for years because I I was scared that Darth Vader was in my closet. Right. Now when you were, they're, they're doing a Star Wars land at Disney World. Was that oh, open yeah. when you were there? No, it or? wasn't. They just they just opened that. I think within the last like three or four months okay and i, I we're I, we're not going down there anytime soon i was gonna say it's gonna nece- necessitate I, a return trip i, to I mean look maybe I'll, I'll just say maybe like i am not doing it anytime soon because that place is probably an absolute nut house and it's gonna be like that for yeah you for gotta, a long you time let the craze die down yeah, yeah. I'm just curious about young LJ. Does he think the 80s Star Wars movies are lame? No, he doesn't. No, oh, that's good. what really got him into it. Awesome. Um, those were the first ones he saw. So um, The reason why I ask is the, he mentioned all the awesome special yeah. effects, and they had some in the 80s, but not nowhere near what, what they have right now. That, so. that, those movies stand up pretty well. I mean, they mm. were done so well for that time. That's that's why it's so – that's why it's – caught on has become such such a phenomenon that it is in the in the last year new hope the, the very first one yeah. that they produced not the first one of the story obviously was on network was on yeah some they, sort they're of on cab- all the time cable now cable channel and i i watched it and yeah i, I was impressed at how well it held it up, does so. it does anyway yeah all right uh so the world series is underway and it's sort of weird to have a semi-local team in in, in the game the nationals as we talked about uh last week have, have gotten into the game we now know their opponent. Uh, as we record right. this, the, the World Series has just gotten underway with, with Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer. They're playing the Houston Astros, who uh, 
who uh, eliminated the New York Yankees on Saturday with a dramatic walk-off uh, home run that Josh did not get to see on, on his birthday weekend. No, I couldn't so. believe it. Yeah, it was so bizarre. I was, at a, I was out of town, and we were at a hotel. We went back to the hotel after we were at a bar, and I had been watching some of the game. Uh, went to turn on the television, and they didn't have FS1, and I, I, was, I was out of luck. So I couldn't. I didn't see it. Right, but little uh, Jose Altuve took yes. famed and, and very large closer Aroldis yeah. Chapman deep. Um, I, I thought it was a fastball. What a but scene! It, I, I thought it was a fastball hit, but apparently it wasn't. It was like an eighty-four mile an hour slider that he threw yep. that didn't really break at all. So it was just a big. Fat, he left it up. It, it was a big fat pitch that Altuve just crushed um, in, 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 into left field. I think Altuve's bat is bigger than he is. I mean, it might be. <laughs> But but, he, but it just seems it that is. way. But but it, <laughs> the pitch, the, what the pitch was, doesn't matter to me because even if it was like a hundred mile an hour fastball that Chapman's known to throw, Altuve is the best fastball hitter in baseball. So I, I'm not sure it would have mattered a, a whole heck of a lot. So might might have th- thrown him off a little bit because I think Chapman threw back to back sliders in the second one in a row that didn't slide slide at all. Really, was the one they crushed. Joe well, so. might know the answer to this, but like. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, well, in that at bat, I mean, the fastball, for some reason, Chapman just couldn't locate it. And every every fastball he threw was, was out of the zone. So Altuve was just sitting on it, and, and he crushed it. Well, I, but I wonder, like, throughout this course of a season, what the number of times Chapman threw back-to-back sliders. Like, you know what I mean? Does that does that happen often with him? Does he do that He's often? Not, I, okay. I've seen him do that. Uh, well, shoot, in, in the World Series with the Cubs, uh, when he was on fumes, after he gave up the lead, he he actually he came to. on in the in the next inning in the ninth inning, and it was predominantly mm. sliders, uh, and and that's how he how, how he got out of it. The, the Rajay Davis home run that was a fastball though, right? That was a fastball, yes, yeah, and, yeah. and that was in the eighth inning. But he 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 stuck on for the ninth inning and. That whole ninth inning, it was it was mostly sliders uh, as opposed to the fastball, and it worked. Now, I did not see it live, um, but after I found out what happened, that wasn't until, honestly, Sunday afternoon. And Altuve is really your boy. Liked. He's like one yeah. of your favorite players. Yeah, I love, to, so. I love to watch him play. So I went back, of course, online, and I found the clip of it. And, man, it was we've got to give props to Fox, I think we're FS1, whatever, for the production of it. And, like, I hate to say this, but Joe Buck did a nice job of not talking. Like, you know, he's right. done that a couple of times. Like, I will get I, – I hate I, – I can't stand him. I don't like listening to him call games. But he does a nice job in these big moments of just letting it breathe, as they say. And I think that's really what he did, right? He made the call and then let it play out. And you just got to see the, the shots that they wanted to show you. Chapman smiling. Like on the mound, yeah. like he couldn't, you know what I mean? Like that was a great scene. By, by the way, since you mentioned Joe Buck, to get off on a brief tangent here, uh, Joe Bur- Joe Burrows, the LSU quarterback, yeah. apparently he scored a touchdown and did did a fake moon. Yes. And, and, and guess who weighed in on Twitter was, of course, Randy Joe Moss. Ran- oh, Randy Moss. It was Randy Moss saying that was a disgusting yes. act. Yes, I missed he, that. And he, and he has a, like a picture of it or a, or a little video clip of Joe Burrows, the LSU quarterback, doing that. But Randy Moss weighed in. And said that was a disgusting act. That's like so. my that's my favorite sports gif that I I'll use that numerous numerous times a year. I send that Randy Moss mooning right. gif. But but Randy Moss uh, got he yeah. uh, had a little zinger that's for great. For, uh, for for Joe Buck there. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, I, I guess my question about the World Series is: Do we give the Nationals much of a chance to win it? You don't because I personally I don't see the series going beyond five games, mainly because the Astros don't have a huge liability like the Nationals do with, with their yeah. bullpen. And if their starters struggle at all, I mean, they're really going to be in trouble. I, I weighed so. in on it last week. Joe, you can you can give us your thoughts on whether you think they have, have much of a shot here. 
I give them a chance. I was going back and forth with this, um, and and right now, you know, with Garrett Cole as we're speaking, they're they're leading national in, in game one. We'll see how this goes, but I actually think you know Strasburg versus Verlander actually give the you know the edge to the Nationals. Corbin versus Granke give the edge to the Nationals, but. You know, when you when you look at it, uh, offenses for both of these teams comparable, uh, starting pitch pitching comparable, defense is comparable, bullpen big advantage to the Astros. I think um, in the middle of the series, I think you, you know your one or two extra, extra inning games are in, in, inevitable, and then that's where that's where the Astros get them. And I'm thinking Astros in seven. And, and see, the Nats aren't going to be able to use their starters in relief like they did against the Dodgers. Number one, that was a five-game series. Um, so it's a shorter series. This is a seven-game series that you might need a starter two or three times, and you're not going to be able to use Patrick Corbin in relief or Strasburg or Scherzer in relief quite as much. So that's, that's going to force the Nationals to put some of their shakier relievers in the game. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I just think the Astros have a huge advantage when it comes to the bullpen. I, I like their lineup a little bit better than the Nationals, too. So I wouldn't be shocked if it was a sweep like the White, White, White Sox and uh, – well, the White Sox and the uh, Astros. Astros. Yeah, or I, I, I just don't think – I think the Nationals just are going to run up against a, a much better team. All right, well, who's um – Who's the who's the series MVP? So obviously, Greg, you think the Astros are going to win. Joe, you do too. I just think it's going to go longer seven. Who's the MVP going to be? I'm going to say uh, Carlos uh, Correa. I'm going to go Alex Bregman. He he hasn't um, he's been doing okay, but uh, he's but been, he's he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna wake up soon. And you could argue he's been the season MVP in the American League yep. uh, too. So. Uh, J- Josh picked the Nationals to go to the World Series not last, this year, last year. <laughs> but 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 Keep I, up, but yeah. I do want to credit Joe because he's been on the Nationals for a long time, uh, saying that this was a real possibility that they could get to the World Series. So 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 uh, props to Joe. Yeah, props to Joe for 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 saying that. So it was just their pitching, their their lineup, or the the pitching, and you know I I think what we've talked about this in the office office, Greg the. Uh, ability to beat the Dodgers. I mean, I actually thought they were going to beat the Dodgers. Now the Cardinals, I thought, you know, I, I thought that since they'd beaten the Dodgers that, you know, the Nats uh, was just so, so exhilarating that, that they'd come out flat against the Cardinals. I, I really did. And, I mean, on paper, I think they're they're just as good, even, you know, better than the Cardinals. I just thought the Cardinals just didn't show up. Just, so. they, just thought they'd come out flat. Instead, it was the Cardinals who – who came out flat? So, get so any hits. <laughs> yeah, just uh, nothing. So that was that. That was surprising. I, I thought the Cardinals would actually, uh, pretty much every series they, they fight you tooth and nail. Uh, they're, they're not going to get swept. I mean, there's you know they got swept in the World Series. So uh, that, that was a long time ago to the Red Sox, but generally they they fight you pretty yeah. pretty hard they, and they, they, they had nothing they finally got a little offense going in game four but it, they were down seven nothing by, <laughs> right. by, by that point so it didn't really matter that they that they scored four runs late in that game so uh so, so we're all picking the astros i i, I assume joe but yeah. you, you say seven games um I say seven games i'll Just say six uh, well, I mean, the ticket prices, I mean, I, I haven't looked it up myself, but the ticket prices, are like standing room tickets are going for like over $1,000. And, and and I guess another question is how much wow. would you pay just to say that, uh, that you went to the World Series? I mean, just because standing room tickets, like that's got to be a really great game 
for me to have standing room tickets yeah. and me to feel good about spending a if it's my team dollars, God, if it's my team and it's and it's quasi local like it is like it is here like if i was a nats fan i, I would i don't know i think well, I, I might spend a thousand dollars to go to go to the world if, if the orioles were in yeah or say like dc had a domed stadium they might get a dome stadium because apparently everyone's tired of fedex field or whatever and dan <laughs> snyder's trying to get yeah, a new we'll stadium deal right but in in washington hosted a super bowl and the vikings happened to make the super bowl that year would, would you yeah pon- I, would I, you pony up for that i or? would i would absolutely have to yeah I mean, although it is like it's so it's just made so easy to watch these games on television. Right. And it's much less expensive, too, because you're not paying for travel, yeah. uh, the tickets, uh, uh, food and food and drink, parking, all, all that stuff. I don't know. So, I think I'd have to do it, though. I, I would you know, that's football is a much different uh, different animals than, than baseball. There's, you know, there's set, there could be three or four games or something, depending on who's a, who has home field advantage and all of that stuff. Yeah. I, I would spend I would spend a thousand dollars to go go see my team play in the World Series. What you and another person maybe? Well, yeah, but you yeah. Don't, but you don't have a seat though. It's standing room though. I, yeah, I don't think right. that. No, it really would matter. Me. You and another person. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like maybe you know two hundred fifty bucks a person, me and one other person mm-hmm. for tickets. Uh, at which point, yeah, in the five hundred to seven hundred dollar range, I'd yeah, I, I, I think I'd do that, but. Wait, five hundred bucks for a ticket? Yikes. <laughs> That's tough. All I right. mean, the thing the That's thing I'm tough. thinking about is I don't go to a, I don't go to a lot of games. Period. In the in the course of a year. Yeah, I mean, because we're always I'm always working at night. My fam, nights off. Fam, family. Yeah, my, my, stuff, my nights yeah. off. I'm not like oh I'm going to go to a game because I sit around and think about games when I'm working. Yeah, all the plus time. plus the cost of the games is right. prohibitive too. So I mean, it's not like I drop a bunch of coin on sporting events during the year. You typically so. get to an Orioles game. In, in I try the summer, to. Yeah, yeah, right. but that's about it. And that's but that's ridiculous, man. You take your family to a, a simple regular season Oriole game, you end up dropping a couple hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Everything's super expensive. Joe, I mean, the Cubs finally ended the drought a couple of years ago. So does that does that change how much you'd be willing to spend to yeah. see them? in the world series again <laughs> i i would love to see them in and we've talked about this in a playoff game it, it doesn't have to be a world series just to to soak in that atmosphere i mean you go to regular season games and you know the stadiums are pretty pretty wow, dull yeah. i mean you know the, the the crowd interaction is there but just to take it at that in that, that atmosphere with forty thousand people standing and you know hooting and hollering, waving their towels. Yeah, I mean, like, just, to, just to drink that in. I mean, I, I've never done that, and, and I, I'd love to do so it. So you didn't have a chance to go like in 80 – was it 89 when they were in the playoffs or – Nope. Uh, gosh, when was it with the the, the Bartman, you know, um, series? You nope. weren't able to – No, nope. I, I, was, I was here in Maryland actually yeah. uh, at that time. So – so yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, during the World Series, I was looking at the at the prices, and I don't remember exactly what they were, but I I, I do I do remember thinking, oh hell no, I'm not paying that much yeah. to, to 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 go to a game. So uh, I may I may change that yeah. <laughs> that attitude if they let's say they face the Nationals in a sure. in a playoff game, a division series or a championship series, just to. To take in that that atmosphere, yeah, you're I mean, talking about an atmosphere it'd, it'd, where it'd be awesome. You're talking about an atmosphere where the, the whole crowd, the whole stadium, absolutely. Is, is hanging yeah. hanging on, on every every little, single pitch, right? At literally absolutely. every pitch, absolutely. Right. First yeah. inning, you know, when when there's two outs and two strikes, I mean, everybody's standing to their feet, you know, in in anticipation of that final out. Just things that 
don't happen during any regular season game. It'd be it'd be awesome. Right. Uh, so Sage Rosenfels on Twitter uh, posed an interesting question that that sort of spans baseball in, in, in all sports, but it, it's in uh, regards to the New England Patriots. And he asked, "Is the Patriots' dominance over the last 19 years the most impressive thing?" ever accomplished in the history of American team sports, especially in an era where the NFL is designed for parity and equal opportunity to win. So I, I thought that was an interesting question. Just for a little context uh, before we before we talk about this, the Patriots have played in eight straight AFC championship games, which is, which is remarkable. For eight straight seasons, uh, they've been one of the final two teams playing in their conference with a win or in go to the Super Bowl type game. They're, they're five and three in those games. Can you name the last year the Patriots did not? Well, I mean, you could figure it out math-wise, but can you name the teams that played in the last AFC cha- AFC Championship game that did not feature the Patriots? Boy, think about this. So, did the, the did the Ravens? Who did the Ravens play when they made it to the Super Bowl? They played uh, Denver. It was the crazy game in the divisional round, wasn't it? Right. And then they then who did they play in the championship game the year they went? Uh, the Ravens. It wasn't the Patriots. They didn't beat the Patriots to get to they, the Super they, they Bowl. They did. They, they did. did. They they went into Foxborough and hammered. I do not remember. So, that. so 2010, I think, would have been the last year. 2010, you got so it. So that yeah. so, so 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 that would have been the Colts, uh, I, I believe, uh, 2010, because uh, that was that was the year they lost to the Saints in the in the in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it would have been the Colts. Uh, Oh boy, who who would they have beaten that? Who who would they have beaten in that championship game? That would have been, I'll say what Colts and Steelers. Uh, I'm you, guessing you, you're you're really really close. <laughs> the Colts won in 2010, but it yes. was it was early in 2010. It was like February of 2010. So right, um, yeah. So the uh, 2010 is the correct year for the championship game. It yep. was the Steelers versus the Jets. Mark Mark Sanchez and the Jets, who went into Foxborough the week before. (laughs) And that was the Bart Scott can't wait. That's right. That was the Bart Scott can't wait game. But the Steelers and Jets, 2010, um, uh, uh, was the last AFC Championship game that did not feature the Patriots. Steelers and Jets. Wait, 2010. We might have our years off by one. But but the Colts were right in there. Like like Peyton – like. The three losses for the Patriots in this run of eight straight were the uh, Denver got them twice, Peyton Manning and Denver got them twice, and the Ravens got them once. Did, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I just, I just questioned the year. I guess I'll, I'll have to look at everything because, because what in uh, in 2010, uh, that, that that was the year uh, I believe the Saints, Saints beat and Colts. the Colts uh, in. In the Super Bowl, so that that would have been it the was last. In 2010, but he, you may be thinking it was the 2010 season. Greg is saying, so it may have been in 2011. Oh, oh 2011. Maybe in 2011 okay. that the Steelers and Jets actually played in the championship. Oh, game. right. Okay. 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 I, I understand because then because uh, then the Packers would have beaten the Steelers in the, in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, got because it. the NFL got season it. happens in a calendar year, and then the postseason basically happens the next calendar year. Right. It, gotcha. So, so okay. Of, sort of so anyway. Odd, sort of odd with the arrangement, but your point is okay. made. Yeah, uh, but in ten straight division titles for the Pats too, and sixteen to the la- they've won sixteen division titles since two thousand one, and it's two thousand nineteen. So <laughs> I, I mean, the, the 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 initial question based uh, or uh, in, in reaction to that question is who else is there? Well, who else yeah, is in the I, running? I, here? I, I was thinking about the question before I posed yeah. it to you guys, and and I it, the, the the point that Sage Rosenfeld made that the NFL's 
designed to be equal. There, there's so much parity in the league, and anyone can beat anyone on a given Sunday. And in a sport designed to be equal, they've been consistently there, either winning the championship or playing for it all the time. So Yeah, I mean, like, so the Yankees are – they have the most – baseball championships so i'm sure there's an era of but, but, yankees but but that's spread out over time but and that it, was spread out over and, such a long period the of late time. 90s yankees as, as far as a short burst sure. of greatness that they're in the discussion so. i think i think jordan's bulls are in the discussion but you know but there's two years there where jordan left and right you know they didn't win those two titles They'd really be in this talk if if jordan would have stuck around and they would have won right eight two two three peats uh uh, broken up by by the two year window right. where Jordan played minor league baseball. I mean, so. then you got I Bill like, Russell's Celtics. I mean, but that was that that era of basketball just wasn't that good. U- UCLA ba- UCLA right. college basketball their their run of championships. Uh, the, the Celtics ha- had a run. Uh, the, the New York Islanders in hockey, a very uh, a very difficult sport to win the Stanley Cup. I think they won four in a row uh, in in the eighties. So. There's other short bursts of greatness and things that are really hard to do and seldom seen, but but over a 20-year window here of Belichick and Brady, I mean, just always being there at the end, I mean, I, I think it's unrivaled. No, so. the, the, the longevity is, is really, really hard to top, and you guys mentioned some great teams. The one team I think that probably closest in terms of just excellence, not necessarily winning it every year. Probably the closest is the is the 49ers because they won a Super Bowl in 84. And I believe they were really, really good, you know, through maybe 96, 97, even, uh, you know, what Owens, uh, when T.O. was with the team, I think that may have gone all the way to 2000. And so... So that was a, a pretty a pretty long run of excellence. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not not sure if they had any losing seasons or, or, or very few, if any, during that stretch from '84 all the way through through mm-hmm. 2000. And then, of course, they've had their you know their, their little lull recently. But you know, to be in eight straight conference championships, you know, they they haven't even come close. Yeah, I, I the think Cowboys uh, also of the '90s are are comparable. Uh, you know, with Aikman and Smith and Irvin, you know, and but still the longevity, you can't match it. The other, maybe the other name that you could throw out there, you mentioned UCLA basketball. I was thinking Alabama football, the current iteration, the Saban Alabama football is probably a name that can be mentioned as well because they're every year right. in the running for a championship, if not playing for a championship. Right, but being uh, that college football is so subjective yeah. and sort of the beauty pageant nature of it, people will say, oh, Alabama loses right. and they still get the preferential treatment and yep. stuff like that. Uh, the 49ers had two – they won two Super Bowls in the late 80s, I believe, two straight. Back-to-back, back, yeah. And then they had a juggernaut team the next year that was upset by the by, by the Giants, right. I believe, in the divisional round. Matt, I think I remember Matt Barr, mm-hmm. who's a former Browns kicker, uh, beating the beating the 49ers on the road, uh, a heavily favored 49ers team on the road that sort of because people were sort of thinking they might be the first team to to three peat in the, in the NFL, but but it didn't happen because the Giants and LT, went on the way. Uh, LT yeah. and I believe that was I believe that was Hostetler too. Yes, it was. Yep, Hostetler and and relief of uh, Phil Sims uh, uh, knocked him off that year. So. Uh, I I can't think of I I was racking my brain trying to think of someone that compares to, to the Patriots and over over a long duration of time I I don't think I don't think there I, is a team maybe know. there's not a team but like there's a guy and his name's LeBron 
Right. Like wherever the hell he is. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's been he able to, to eight, eight straight, eight straight, fin- so, eight straight finals. Yeah. I mean, there's not one team there, but there's a guy who's been that good and, and has carried his team. To, and, and, and LeBron's problem is he's only won three finals. Yeah. So he's, he's has a losing record in the finals when he's gotten there, but he, but he hasn't actually won the championship. So yeah, it's a, it's quite impressive. I mean, considering, you know, the free agency rules and you know the way that things was set were set up in the 80s and 90s it's uh it's actually more difficult to do it now than it was in the in the 80s and 90s you know guys who want rookie contracts of what four years and then you have to <laughs> plug in people you know here and there it's yeah it's uh to answer sage it's, yeah no there, there hasn't been anybody as, as dominant as, as um uh, before before I do my bad look of the week and Josh offers his bad look, any other NFL topics? Josh, who did the Vikings? Oh, they played the Redskins, so you won't. Oh, be, yeah. you won't be wagering on the on the, I, on, the, on the Redskins this I, week. I, I won't. I haven't even looked at the line. It's probably some ridiculous number that the Vikings won't cover because it's a primetime game and they're it's a Thursday. It's a short week. Kirk Cousins is going to be juiced up to play that one. He, he will, but they they won't play very well because it's a short week and there's probably going to be too much emotion going on there with him and facing his former team. I mean. If they lose this game, I, it's gonna, <laughs> I, I'm gonna barf. Like it will be they're, so bad. They're, if they they're, they're not game. gonna lose. They they have two pretty impressive wins in a row. The Vikings are are, are really, they have to keep it going. They're, they're a good team. So yeah, they they have to keep it going. And if if they can't uh, can't pull this one, I off, can't see the really Redskins even making it very competitive. Adam so. Thielen being hurt is not is not gonna not gonna bother. He you, better huh? not. He better not play. Honestly, <laughs> I, I hope he I hope he just takes a, takes a break. Joe, your Bears are uh, looking looking shaky all of a sudden. Uh, oh, they're struggling. Yeah, uh, that's right. a tough team. I mean, they, they had a tough tough task there. Saints yeah, are Saints are good even with Teddy. But but have you lost faith in Mitch uh, Trubisky like a lot of Bears fans? I I have not. I mean, they, and and from here on out, they're going to be facing a lot of a lot of tough teams. I mean, honestly, uh, and and with this, you know, with the Bears. Uh, I don't know if this is part of uh, this is part of Matt Nagy's plan. I mean, they they've lacked that that big physical receiver ever since they they traded um, they got rid of uh, Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey. So so they they really lack that. I mean, maybe I'm in the in the minority, but 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 man, I Robinson's mean, they, they, a pretty they, big I mean, dude. Robinson's it's like six two, isn't he? You know, you know, six one, six two, but. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just looking for that you know you know six six three two twenty you know guy and mm-hmm. you know you know Robinson's you know fast but man I I, li- I like the big physical receiver and Teddy Bridgewater probably should be quarterbacking the Browns uh, and the Vikings <laughs> uh, yeah you made a, you made a good comment to me the other day that he he could be he should be the quarterback of both of our teams right honestly. he's five and zero in relief of uh, Drew Brees and it's going to be interesting when Drew Brees there's not a question of who's the starter I'm not suggesting that but Brees might struggle initially just in his return to the lineup. And, and Teddy Bridgewater's gonna be on the bench, and fans are gonna be like, "Hey, this guy, this guy was working with this guy," and and we're, we put our yeah. a- aging uh, quarterback coming off an injury back into the lineup, and things aren't running quite as smoothly. Of course, they'll pick back up in time, you would yeah. imagine, but um, but it'll, it'll just be an interesting dynamic to see how restless the fan base gets with after they remove a quarterback who was re- really playing well. So I'm interested to see if, if he actually plays this week because they play, they play Arizona. You could be of the line of thinking, oh, it's Arizona. Uh, uh, we yeah. could get, we could get away with Teddy for another week. That's or what they do. do. Or do you, do you put him in and say, hey, 
it's Arizona. He could do well against them. Right. So. I, I, I see the first uh, the first points you made as, as the better one because I think they have a bye right after Arizona. So it's like uh, I see. Ha- have Teddy play a- against Arizona and then get that bye an extra week for Breeze to r- recoup and, and then throw him in yep. there. Uh, so two undefeated teams left in the NFL, the 49ers and the, and the Patriots. And before we get uh, completely away from the Patriots, uh, this was brought to my attention. Their defense, which has been sort of the st- story of the season so far and the story of their season, uh, the 85 Bears allowed 315 yards a game. Uh, the 2000 Ravens, the other, the 85 Bears and the 2000 Ravens probably recognizes the two greatest defenses ever, 259 yards a game. Uh, the 2019 Patriots, this season's Patriots, 223 yards a game. They've held three of seven opponents under 200 yards, and they've held uh, four of seven offenses out of, out of the end zone. So now, uh, yeah, I'll I'll mention something in my scene, uh, and I'll address okay, that in my yeah. scene. Now, the Patriots in seven games have two wins over the Jets. They have a win over right. the Giants. They have a win over the Dolphins. Right. And they have a win over the Redskins. So they haven't played a, a murderer's row schedule. It, it gets much tougher starting. Right. I, I'm not going to say this week against the Browns, but but um, but after that, they had the Texans, the Chiefs. Um, I believe they play Dallas, um, Philadelphia. So their, their schedule is going to get tougher, and, and, and we'll see if that defense uh, still is lights out as, as they play better quarterbacks. Yeah. Philadelphia is not good. No, <laughs> they, they, I, they don't have any offensive weapons without Deshaun Jackson. It's crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Um. So so the Patriots. Uh. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um. How how close they get maybe to to um another right. um sixteen and season. So, um. My bad look of the week has to do with the NFL and it has to do with uh, Kyle Shanahan facing uh his dad's former team and a team he was an offensive coordinator for. Um, and that's the Washington Redskins. And I believe the week before they asked Kyle Shanahan, like, Hey, your, your time, your time. What did you think about your time in Washington? And his answer basically was, um, I enjoyed working for my dad and that's about it. So it was a not so subtle shot at at, at the Redskins and how miserable he was. And, working there aside from being with his dad and what he, what he thinks of the organization. But then we get into the game week, and then Kyle Shanahan sort of acting like, this is not personal at all. What do you mean it's personal? Like, it's real easy not to make this personal. Like, you guys are the ones making this personal. Uh, and he's, like, dismissing this right. idea that th- th- this is a personal vendetta against the Redskins. So they play the game. Uh, the 49ers win in a remarkable two hours and, thir- and 30 minutes. I mean, you don't see NFL games that, that fly by that quickly. And then, sure enough, after the game, Kyle Shanahan offers the game ball to his father, Mike, because it's not personal yeah. with, with, with the Redskins at all, but, but he wanted to offer the game ball to his father, Mike, after, after the 49ers beat the Redskins on Sunday. And that, when it clear, saying it's not personal when it clearly is, that is my uh, bad look of the week. Yeah, coaches aren't, coaches aren't going to admit to that sort of stuff. So. Right. I mean, but, it, but you just come. But, off but his initial like comment, idiot. his initial comment yeah. was strong, and 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 then the truth. He was honest in that, saying, "I enjoyed working for my dad, and that's about it. I can't stand the organization." But then he did a one eighty, and said, "Oh, this is not personal at all. What are you guys talking about? Like, you guys are making a big deal out of this." And then he does another one eighty after the game and offers his dad the game ball. So three three one eighties in the span of uh, <laughs> or uh, two weeks. I mean, that that qualifies as a bad look of the week. 
The one thing I find bizarre is, you know, offering a game ball. You, you offer a game ball to a player on your own team that actually <laughs> did well for you to actually win that game. I mean, yeah. that in, a, in and of itself, you could have given him the bad look because, because you know, what, what did his dad do to win to win them that football game that day? You know, give, give it to somebody on the it's defense. Not, it's um, not personal, Joe. It's not personal at all. <laughs> I think I, I read something last week uh, in the lead-up to that game that I think – Kyle Shanahan, when he left the Redskins, he like put together some presentation. It was when, when right? he left the Browns. Oh, it was he, when he left the Browns. It, it, okay. well, he, it, yeah, Kyle Shanahan's a really smart guy. And, and but he put together a presentation and said, like, here's everything you're doing wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when he left the Browns, this was over the Johnny Manziel yeah. fiasco when, when they put him in. The Browns were 7-4 and four and leading the division basically at the time. They Brian Hoyer was playing okay, not great, and they put Manziel in, and the Browns went on went from seven and four to, to seven and nine. They lost their last five games. <coughs> Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator that year under Mike Pettin, and on his way out the door, he put together a big PowerPoint presentation that he presented presented basically the team management, saying everything that's screwed up about the organization, and it was basically like a. a Kiss my, you know what? Yeah, uh, big middle uh, finger on, on, his, way on, on his way out the door. So yeah. he's a, he's a really smart guy, but but he's got a certain personal style about him that that's uh, a bit unique. So yeah, you had a bad look. Yeah, of the week. I had a bad look of the week, and it just it just uh, came to my attention. I think uh, yesterday uh, or maybe this morning. Uh, apparently, Michael Jordan sat down and did an interview with somebody. Oh, yes, and. In classic Michael Jordan style of not wanting to give credit to anyone, uh, said that Steph Curry, for whatever you was talking about Steph Curry, he said Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer yet. Uh, I don't know what his grudge is against Steph Curry or what he thinks Steph Curry needs to do. He's only, uh, the, greatest, he's only the greatest shooter to ever play basketball. Yeah, but uh, he's won a couple of MVPs, right, too. If not more, he unanimous, was two, right? Unanimous MVP. Yeah, he's the, won, the only unanimous MVP. Yeah, he's got some titles under his belt. Uh, and not only that, but like he came into the league really not – no one really expected him to be m- much other than a sort of a serviceable shooting guard, right, if or he point were, guard. If he retired today, he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer. That's the phrase that I like to use about – I think I initially used it about Philip Rivers being a slam dunk Hall of Famer, right. which I still stand behind. And I, I would totally agree and use it here as well. Like, Michael Jordan, what are you talking about? Um, like, you just look like an idiot. Michael, jo- Michael Jordan's my guy. He's my favorite athlete of all time, yeah. and he's being ridiculous here. Yeah, so. he, he, he's he's made some questionable comments and done some uh, yeah, his, said his, some odd things his, over pe- the His petty Hall of Fame speech where he yeah. basically aired every grudge he ever had. Yeah. So And he was crying during. So. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I mean, that's just to me, it's just nonsense. So I'm giving him my bad look. What are you going to say, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I, no, I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm, I'm from Chicago. Yeah, Curry. All the things you mentioned. That uh, above all, he did it at Golden State. I mean, uh, yeah. a, a team that hadn't had any success in decades. He, he turned did it. Yeah, turned he them did into it a dynasty. There, yeah. you know, when when you've got the Lakers there, you know, dominating, you know, the basketball world there, and. You know your, your other heavyweights uh, th- that were around. You know during during these few years, and he did it at Golden State. Yeah, I mean, like, and again, he's doing it in this era, which I I don't know. I think it's probably the best NBA the NBA has ever been right over these last several years, uh, and he's been a key figure on multi championship teams. So. Right, and and as the and I'm glad you said that because as the NBA season gets underway here. 
I don't think people really realized how much of a backseat that Steph Curry took and how much he sacrificed over these past yeah. three years playing with Kevin Durant. So I, I think this season he's got a great he's chance go, to return to like MB, MVP Steph Curry level or at least something much closer to that. And I think people are going to be reminded again this season of how great Steph Curry really yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, well, he's going to have he's going to have to be right, honestly. No he's going to keep him no in the Clay hunt. Thompson, and and who knows what the Warriors will will be this season? They're clearly not the favorites, the the runaway favorites that they've been over the last five to six years. Yeah, but I, I think Steph Curry is going to remind everyone how great he is this year and be much closer to MVP level Steph than 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 not. So, um, was that was that? Did you have another bad look? That, that was that, it, uh, and that's a good one. That was so. It. Um, speaking of the start of the NBA season, that's going. I'm I'm going to throw whoever scheduled the start of the NBA season on the same night that the World Series began. That person's or per that person or persons is getting thrown onto the boat. Like if you're the NBA, why would you want to start your season um, on the same night that the World Series begins? I mean, you have two great games tonight. One of them was diminished because Zion Williamson got hurt for the Pelicans, and and that sort of took the luster off of that game against the defending champions of uh, the Raptors who got their banner and their rings. But the second game is a really good game. You got LeBron and AD debuting against what's crosstown rival and who a lot of people say is the title favorites. And it's Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. Uh, Paul George isn't playing yet because he's still recovering from his offseason surgery. But, but still, you have the Lakers and the Clippers, which is a really marquee game, uh, especially this season when they're maybe the two best teams in the league. And they're playing on the same night that everyone's attention is um, diverted by the World Series. So why are you starting the NBA season on the same night as, 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 as the World Series starts? So whoever's responsible for that scheduling snafu in, in both league offices is are getting thrown onto the boat. And they could schedule activi- they could schedule activities at the same time on the boat and, and, <laughs> and see how that goes over. Let me branch off of, of your you bringing up the NBA and, and Zion Williamson and ask you guys if you think – he will live up to the hype. Now, here we go. He starts his, He's starting his career with an, with an injury. He had an injury at Duke that cost him time. Obviously, didn't cost him being picked number one in the draft or being a first-round pick. But here we go. He's going to be out for two months to start his career. He's 18 years old, 19 years old. Uh, he's a huge individual who I think is probably going to have trouble keeping a, the right, you know, his body weight at the right spot. Right. for his explosiveness and all that stuff. We've talked about this. Do you guys think he will live up to the hype because of these issues? It's a good question because I think when he's on the court, yes, he is that good and he will live up to the hype. I think when he plays, he'll be spectacular and everyone will love him. But I, I could his weight is a major issue given, it, I mean, 280, 285 pounds, that's a lot to be carrying around when you're when you play as explosively as he plays. So I, I think the weight's going to be an issue. I, I think all all his knees are are, are, yeah. are going to have a hard time. Uh, his shoes can't clearly can't handle <laughs> can't handle the torque and the pressure. So, um, so I think he's going to have sort of an injury riddled. I hate to say it because I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I I think this is going to be problematic throughout his career. But I, I think he'll be spectacular on the court, and when he plays, yes, he'll live up to the hype. But the body of work. It, it may be a bit underwhelming just because of the injury stuff. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I mean, I think of him I'm like, boy, I hope it's not going to be another Greg Oden. That's uh, who I mentioned last night uh, to Greg. Yeah. I, I just uh, for for his sake. I mean, he, he's he's wonderful to watch. I mean, and he, he's got some. He's going to have to work on his shooting a little bit, uh, and I, I I think that'll get better. But yeah, he's 
boy, that's going to be iffy. Uh, you know, dominant guys, that that big Shaq, probably the last one, and you know, injuries caught up to me eventually, but. He's got, he's got to get yeah, down to like 260. That's, that's he's, tough. He's got to lose like 25 pounds. I think he's got to get down to like 260 pounds and, and play somewhere around there. So, um, because I, I t- uh, 285, that's almost 300 pounds that's playing that violently. And I, I don't think his body's going to be able to withstand that. So, and there's some other big dudes in the NBA he's going to be going up against that, uh, you know, he, he could get. Right, he could get injured because he's you know he's pounding these pounding these opponents and right. uh, yeah. And wait till I mean he's still so young. Just wait till his metabolism mm-hmm. starts slowing down and, and he's gonna have to work that much harder to keep the weight off. So right, like like Jamarcus Russell, the the former number one quarterback in, in the NFL. I think he ballooned up somewhere close to like four hundred pounds or something like that. And and he was like huge. He was like two hundred and ninety pounds, six, six five, six, or six five, six six in college playing quarterback and. And he really ballooned up. So, I mean, in basketball, you're running. In the, the cardio in basketball is significantly higher at a higher level than it is in the NFL. Um, but I, I think he's going to have to work to keep the weight down, and hopefully he doesn't have an injury-plagued career. So, All right, well, I got a boat candidate um, that just, I, I mean, came out of nowhere for me. I didn't even know this story existed until this morning. But um, I've never even heard of this guy. But his name is Brandon Top Tobman, he's the assistant GM of the Houston Astros, and I have an AP story here that I'm going to read because I'm not even going to try to explain this on my own, so I'm going to read a few paragraphs of this. The assistant general manager of the Houston Astros apologized Tuesday for using, quote, inappropriate language, unquote, after a Sports Illustrated report said he repeatedly yelled toward a group of female reporters about closer Roberto Osuna during a clubhouse celebration. Brandon Taubman released a statement through the Astros hours before they played Game 1 of the World Series against Washington. Major League Baseball said it will review those involved before further comment. Taubman's remarks after the Astros clinched the AL pennant reportedly referenced Osuna, who was suspended for 75 games last year for violating Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy before being traded from Toronto to the Astros. According to SI, Taubman shouted, quote, thank God we got Osuna, and made similar remarks several times, punctuating them with an expletive. SI said one of the reporters was wearing a domestic violence awareness bracelet. The incident occurred after the Astros beat the Yankees at Minute Maid Park on Saturday night. And the reporters, I believe he was shouting at, were, were female. Obviously, it's a group of female reporters. And what what, is, what kind of a dummy is this guy? First of all, uh, Osuna blew the save uh, that that necessitated the home run from Altuve to win the game to get your team to the World Series. Why in the hell would you be yelling anything about Osuna at that point? So clearly, this guy he's got an issue. He I can't I don't want to say that I know that he's got an issue with women, but it certainly seems like he does if he's make, going out of his way to reference this guy uh, and and make these overtures towards these women or, or make these comments toward these women. I I mean this is just asinine is the word that I that I think of first. So this guy needs to just go away. I've never heard of him and I hope I don't ever see him again. Yeah, I, I read the Sports Illustrated story. It was what Stephanie Epstein, I believe, is is the woman who wrote this. And and I guess this group it was uh, it was three female reporters. And what she said in the stories, uh, and, and I guess a couple of reports have said uh, said that uh, a couple of media outlets have have corroborated yes um, th- this report. And and the baseball writers. Um, 
Association, you know, also stands by it as well. So it was there was three women. The one thing about this story that, that strikes me is that these three women were not even talking yeah. to him right. at all. Right. Uh, so, so, so nothing. There, there weren't any questions that prompted this response. They, they, they were just. Uh, uh, it may have been you know just them uh, minding their own business. I think and that's all, what it was. And, and all of a sudden, he says this. I mean, this is speculation on my part. I mean, there's you know this was. She said it was about an hour after Jose Altuve's game-winning uh, home run. Maybe, maybe the guy just had a few many, you know, a, a few much, a, few, exactly. a, a little bit too much to thing. drink. I hope that's what I mean, and, and then he, he said this. I mean, that's the only explanation I could I could think for, for him doing something like this because, I mean, you, you have to have the common sense. Even if you, you know, do have these <laughs> radical beliefs, you got to be smart enough to to keep that to yourself, and I uh, think he just uh, had too much champagne or whatever else they had in that in that clubhouse, and then and then just spouted off. I mean that I can't, that's the only I, I, can I, be I, the only I, explanation. I can't, right? I can't think of any anything else. Yeah, I think the Astros didn't respond. Uh, I think initially their response was that they questioned the validity of the report that SI uh, released yeah, about it's, this. It's, it's the media's which, fault, which is also asinine uh, when you have, especially when you have numerous people corroborating that this occurred right. so uh bad bad look to to, to continue yep. on that uh, all around here um and and this guy needs to go on the boat so right you have someone joe well i'm i'm gonna pile on the the punishment here and, and i actually brought this up uh in the newsroom so they've been punished already but they're still going on the boats i'm just piling on so there there was a a st louis high school a private school who last year they had a star running back who played in their championship game and he he was um, he 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 uh, got some sort of discipline and and was was kicked out for the for the following game which would be this year and so what happens that you know as of uh, what this past week they were seven and zero and and it was discovered that discovered this, by a newspaper reporter by, by, by a newspaper reporter that. Uh, this man who who was suspended for that first game actually played in that game wearing a uniform number that was that, that was not his. He, they gave him another uniform number, and he was playing under under uh, a fake name of a, a of a freshman, you know, during that game. And so I guess it was discovered, and and so <laughs> the coaching staff was promptly fired. And kudos to the people in the athletic administration there, and they pretty much uh, forfeited their their entire season. But yeah, that that whole coaching staff are just going through uh, all that stuff. They they need to go on the boat. And yeah, major props to I think it was the St. Louis Post Dispatch had a reporter. It must have been a preps reporter that made this discovery. Now maybe he was tipped off um, to this possi- to this possibility. From what I understand. He noticed he, he got photos of the young man uh, from the previous year, and there were tattoos on right. his arm or somewhere yep. that were noticeable. And uh, then he got a photo of this young man wearing the different jersey in the first game of the year this year, and the tattoos matched. So of course they, you know, he broke the story, and the, the you know the, the the punishments came, and and they were all uh, they were all properly doled out. I think. Yeah, but. Um I'm piling on. Definitely. They're, 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 not only are they fired, but they're going out on the boat. Yeah.
While we're uh, throwing people onto the boat and uh, speaking of bad looks, um, uh, a guy who's uh, familiar with uh, and whose name keeps coming up in both of these uh, segments, uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, his his grievance to recoup some of his this is per Chris Mortensen. Antonio Brown's grievances grievance to recoup uh, some of his thirty million dollars in guaranteed money took a hit in discovery when the Raiders submitted multiple text messages to the NFL, uh, as, when, saying that Brown asked the team multiple times for his release. So the whole idea that um, Antonio Brown was some super genius to get his way to the Patriots and then released and then all this stuff is. Uh, I think could be can be put to bed. Antonio Brown is not a super genius. Yes, uh, he's back in school apparently at Central Michigan. But um, and, and maybe he'll go on to be a genius, Greg. Yes, he'll get maybe, his degree maybe. and uh, he'll do Doc, some great Doc, things with his life. Doctor Antonio Brown, I'm perhaps. Sure. So, but I uh, just wanted to put the rest the the idea that Antonio Brown's some super genius because <laughs> uh, he's not because he's texting. Uh, I mean, he's leaving a paper trail yeah. uh, for his uh, grievances. So. All right, a scene or two be seen? <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to um, mention, uh, I, I wanted to bring the, the Patriots back into the discussion a little bit. It's not the Patriots that I want to mention as a scene. It's the Ravens. I, I, I don't, I seldom watch the Ravens, unless they're on prime time. Um, I, I'm not a Ravens fan, so if they play at 1 o'clock or they play at the same time as my team, I don't watch them. I only watch highlights. I haven't had a lot of opportunity to watch Lamar Jackson. I saw him a little bit last year. I really liked what I saw. Um, but I did, I did get to watch their game against Seattle, and I went to my parents' house. My dad's a big Ravens fan, and um, went to my parents' house and watched the game with him. And honestly, I didn't think I would ever find myself rooting for the Ravens, but um, you know, I did realize they were playing the Seahawks, and the Seahawks could be a team that my team has to contend with later this season for a wild card or something like that. So I was like, okay, I'd like to see the Seahawks lose the game, and. Lamar Jackson is really one of a kind. Like we all know that at this point, um, just some of the things that he can do, moving the ball with his legs. Uh, so I was just I was blown away by watching that, and it made me think of the Patriots because they play the Patriots in two weeks. Now the Ravens have a bye this week, and then they play the Patriots, and I think it's a Sunday night game. I can't remember where it is. It's in Baltimore. Okay, November third. All right, I'm going to just say it now. The Ravens are going to beat the Patriots. I I can see it. The, the Patriots, I mean, as great as they've looked so far, they've, and I'm not saying yeah. they're not great and couldn't be a good team, but they really have not played right. any. Their best win is at Buffalo, and Josh Allen was hurt midway through that game. Yep. And that game was up for grabs. It was a low-scoring game. Yep. It was up for grabs near the end until, I think, um, uh, uh, Barkley, Matt Barkley came in for the Bills and threw a late interception to, like, seal that game for yeah. the Patriots so. so my so my scene is a scene and a to be scene because I'm going to say I watched the Ravens and I was impressed and I was impressed so much that coming up in two weeks I think they're going to win the game and I think it's because Lamar Jackson like Belichick can take away what teams do well right that's what we always hear everybody saying right. it takes away your best player that kid's really hard to take away because he just scrambles around and makes crap happen that just out of thin air and we saw what the, the Chargers did something with their defense to slow him down throwing the ball um, last year in the playoffs. And sure, I'm sure Belichick could cook something up in that regard, but this kid has gotten better in a really short amount of time. And, and the Browns somehow kept him in the pocket when right. um, when they played uh, in week four, I believe it was. And the yeah. Browns, uh, I, I guess you would have to say somewhat surprisingly now, given given the paths each team has taken this season they they yeah. really thumped the ravens and, so and then they kept them in the pocket yeah so, so i can see them scoring enough points and uh at, to win the game because the ravens defensively always play the patriots well 
they can always hold them down lower than you know um, their average scoring number is. Like they're, I don't, the Ravens, the, the Patriots are not going to score thirty points against the Ravens defense. No, I mean the the, the Patriots traded for Mohamed Sanu just because they don't have a lot of yeah. great receivers. And as great as Tom Brady still is in a lot of ways, he's not the quarterback. He's clearly not the quarterback he was. Like very subtly, he's he's declined. Right. He hasn't fallen off the cliff that Peyton Manning, uh, right, and hit the wall that Peyton Manning hit. But but Brady can't do near the things that he used to be able to do, say five years ago. Yeah. So he's still great, but he's not as great. And I could I, the Ravens. Uh, that was a very impressive win. I was wrong about Lamar Jackson. Um, he's he's a lot better than I thought he the, he would be as a, as a passer and and his running ability. No one ever questioned that, but it's but it's even more of a weapon than people some right. people thought. You still hold your breath sometimes because you think he's one sh- he's one hard shot away from from getting hurt, and that yeah, could really I, derail yeah, the Ravens right. season. You're right, but. you're 100 percent right. But I, you know, and the times that I've watched him, like he's really good at avoiding that. Right, he really is. Right, um, and, and he, he is a kind of he's a strong and, kid. And as you said, as you've pointed out, he's not that. He's not as small as you'd think. Yeah. He's 6'2 and 210 pounds. That, that's, a, that's a pretty sturdy player. So it's so. like as much as I – and I, I'm like the uh, the last guy you would think would be rooting for the Ravens, but like I, he's just genuinely like fun to watch. Yeah, I, and, I, will, I will admit I was pretty wrong about Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So, right, Well, who's who's next? Who's got a scene or suit to be seen? Yeah, one, Joe. Well, and it's, it's uh, kind of low-hanging fruit, but uh, game six of the ALCS, it was mostly the, the post-game stuff after Altuve's home run. And yeah, I was just uh, you know, really impressed, kind of gushing a little bit here. But, uh, you know, here's a guy who's, who's rounding the bases and, and before he hits home plate, sort of like tugs at his jersey, tucks it, you know, uh, uh, you know the, the edges, of it, tucks it in. He's trying to keep his teammates from ripping off his jersey. And so, and so, you know, this is, uh, you know, in an age when anybody, when everybody just uh, welcomes that, they just spread out their arms and let yeah. everybody, you know, ha- have at it. He, he said, no, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do this because my, my wife got mad at me the last time when, when it happened. So, you know, to, so for someone to, to come out and do that, just, uh, you know, a, a lot of respect for that guy to, you know, to, to think about his, his family and just, uh, just keep it, keep it low key and not, you know, <laughs> beat his chest. Uh, but I really liked it. I, I could see why. Yeah, you, you could, he's one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. yeah, I have a couple uh, to be scenes. Uh, one I, I mentioned it last week, but the start of the NBA season it, it, it kicks off. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the Lakers Clippers game, uh, which will be played uh, as we record this later tonight, and, and just the season really gets underway uh, uh, for for the remainder of, of this week. Looking forward to that, and also say uh, the the Browns and the Patriots game on on Sunday. I'm looking forward to not just because it's the Browns and I always watch them and enjoy watching them. Well, <laughs> enjoy enjoys a relative term, but um, um, the, the Browns were this hyped team coming into the season. They haven't lived up to the hype so far. Uh, if they lose this game, their season's on the verge of, of of almost being over in terms of making the playoffs. So, can they rise up and and not only win the game, but but can can they give the Patriots a a, a, a fight, a, yeah. a challenge? Because this was a marquee game. Um, before before the season started, um, because is it the national game? Like, is yeah, it it's, it's, it's it's the big win. It's the big four twenty five window. There's CBS. not. It, it's I think Nance and Romo are doing it. So so it's a big 
occasion for them. They haven't played in a lot of these types of games, and and can they at least put up a fight against the Patriots? Uh, yeah, and potentially knock them off. So because if they don't, their their season's almost over. So so that, so that that'll be a big game uh, th- this weekend. Yep. So all right, anything else, guys? That's it, man. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Joe, thanks for joining us. Glad Um, to do it. Pleasure. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll probably have you on again soon to talk about uh, the the World Series and the Nats and stuff. Let's do it. Uh, Thanks to Graham Cullen for producing. Uh, We we don't say that often enough. And uh, we will see everyone next week back here on Just Another Sports Podcast.